Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio on AM 950. I am your co-host for this morning, Michael John Peace, Executive Director of Park Square Theater. So tell me more about what's happening for at sure. Park Square. Well, there's lots going on, but let's introduce who's in the studio with us now. Perfect. We're talking a lot this morning about um, our newest project, Face to Face, and we've got... Uh, our co-writers and co-directors with us, and two of the cast members. Uh, so maybe with Katie, we can start with you and kind of go around. For those of you watching us on Facebook Live, counterclockwise <laughs> to do our introductions. <laughs> Hi, my name is Katie Kaveng. Uh, I go by the pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a playwright, theater artist, and in this project, I'm co-writer, co-director. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah Zatz. She, her, hers are my pronouns. I am the Associate Director of Ping Chong and Company in New York City. Happy to be here in St. Paul collaborating with Katie and Park Square and the Hmong community to co-direct and co-write face-to-face Hmong women's experiences. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ping Zhang, and I am a cast member of this um, wonderful directed um, production by Katie and Sarah. I have graduated from Augsburg in 2017, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Excited to be here today. Hi, everyone. My name is Sidi, and also one of the cast members, and I am just me, and <laughs> an artist in the community, and just really excited to be part of this um, this show. And definitely more than just. But you are <laughs> exactly. a star, and we love having all of you here to talk about your show and to talk about the cool things that were being created and are being created and are going to be showing up on stage March 5th. Is that the opening? It is. Cool. Well, now I'll do my, my formal intro. The goal of Connections Radio Show, as you know, is to explore a wide range of topics that get us uh, thinking and challenging ourselves to find out our relationship to our community, um, our family, our friends, the world around us, and in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us connected to see something bigger. Um, And we also want you to be inspired and perhaps challenge to do something a bit more because you've made the connection. And so we're glad that you're joining us today to connect with not only Park Square, but with the Hmong community. For sure. It's been a desire of mine for the whole time I've lived in St. Paul, which is home to such a vibrant Hmong community. And I feel like I've always felt like when you move to the Twin Cities area, there should be some sort of official introduction (laughs) to every group that's made its home here, um, rather than just continually seeing people as you bump up against them in daily life life and feel like I wish I knew more. Um, and so we should have like a little mini United Nations only maybe like a mini United Twin Cities. There we go. We've brought a lot of individuals from many different countries um, through Lutheran Social Service. You know, there's been a lot of outreach. Um, not many people really understand that Minnesota is a very diverse and multicultural, especially in our Twin Cities. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. And I've always admired the Park Square for reaching out into the multicultural cultural community and creating bridges and creating opportunities. Well, and in terms of Park Square News, it's interesting this particular week is the kickoff of our new relationship with the Metropolitan State University's playwriting program. And so just on stage for the last two nights, we've had um, their program. They have a student playwriting contest, and Daniil Trueblood's play was one of the winners called Secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were doing a staged reading uh, in the Andy Boss stage where Face to Face will be um, performing. And uh, Danielle Trueblood, I got the chance to meet her. And when she talks about herself um, and her background, her play is really a memoir about the secrets that you grew up with in a family growing up in poverty in uh, the Twin Cities with a history of incarceration. And she would stand there and say, you know, a few years ago, I was in the Shakopee Women's Prison, and I can't believe I'm graduating from university and have written this play. So just, again, this, this connections you can make when people are brave enough in whatever the theatrical art form it takes to share their story. Um, And it does take a vulnerability and a bravery to expose who you are and and your secrets. That's a great um, metaphor for – everything that you want to bring to right. to the theater it's it's well it's, it's so, the 
underneath. Right. Well, in every family, no matter no matter where, what mm-hmm. place and time, has the uh, agreed upon secrets, the things that we don't talk about mm-hmm. outside of the home. So, you know, here we are inviting people and often ourselves um, breaking that fourth wall and putting it on stage, let alone sharing it um, uh, face-to-face, as it were. But in other Park Square news, just to kind of set up, this is March Madness in downtown St. Paul with all of the tournaments. Yes. Um, and and, and it, a shout-out to my nephew who went to state for, oh. for uh, wrestling. Ooh, let's hear it. Yes. Good deal. Good good job, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, but it's also March Madness is a time that we think of at Park Square because we now are going into rehearsal for two of our educational mainstays, uh, the Dyer of Anne Frank and Romeo and Juliet. And so we've, we suddenly, after this period of quiet, have three shows happening at once <laughs> on the two stages. And then when they both open and Marie and Rosetta uh, comes back in April for its fabulous remount, suddenly we'll be having some days where we have five performances of four shows on two stages a day. So, <laughs> so that is madness. It is. And then on top of it, you've got mischief. We do. We do. March 30th brings our Spring Mischief Gala, which is – the dinner is sold out, wow. but there are still dessert and cabaret-only tickets available. And we our, – our wonderful gala team just came up with the idea. They're like, we know so many artists and young people we'd like to have. So if you are 30 and under or a working artist, $30 tickets instead of $75 oh, for sweet. the dessert and cabaret. Um, yeah, so it's going to be great. And where else can you see a show and get dessert? And champagne. Oh, my god! I know. It just keeps getting better. So <laughs> – and have the chance to bid on or at least help other people bid up fabulous items. And it will be right in the theater itself. It is. So we have dinner in the Andy Boss uh, stage and then we have show and dessert and the proscenium stage. So. Oh, so you get to see the whole place. You do. We get to do a little conga line between the two places. So it's great. Um, but right, why we're doing that is so that we can bring these original voices to the stage and sort of make connections. And, um, you know, this is our 21st season of producing the Diary of Anne Frank for schools. And unfortunately, it's even more relevant than last year when we were talking about it. And our company members, um, several of whom are Jewish with histories on the Holocaust, um, right? It's it's as much mission for them as a theater-related job. Uh, and we're doing so many free post-show discussions with schools. Um, the company members have decided they want to offer those to schools for free um, so that there's not a barrier. And so they are doing the work for free. But it's so important to them to relate this story, which can seem like it's only in the history, to what is going on right now for them as uh, Jewish people and what's going on around the world in terms of our ongoing wars against genocide. And for some, this is the first that they've ever seen a play on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very moving as well. It's a very powerful show. Uh, you all do I've, – I've seen about six different iterations uh, mm-hmm. of the Diary of Anne Frank and they're all very moving. And there's always a, a little bit of a new take and and of course within the context of what we're living in right now, right. Um, nationalism and racism and anti-Semitism is unfortunately on the rise and even more important for people to be able to talk about um, and and be able to experience – Uh, Because there's even naysayers, which is just crazy. Right. Well, and one of the – unfortunately, now it's so – so topical. But for a while, it felt like, oh, we're doing the Diary of Anne Frank and I know schools read this and they all have their genocide studies um, units and this is really important to them. But it it was starting to feel internally like, hmm, is there something else we should be doing? Uh, But then we started really getting many more um, schools with high concentrations of refugee students and some school charter schools that are only refugees uh, or immigrant students um, coming to see the show and from Holocaust-denying countries. And it was the first time there was a post-show discussion where someone said, oh, I was told that didn't happen. That's mm-hmm. what this whole play has been about. I mean, they didn't even have the context for it. And then the letter that I'll never forget from a young Somali girl who wrote in and saying, today I met the fi- first white girl who understands me because her family had been in hiding. Um, so 
again, it's easy for us who've grown up with that story of Anne Frank to think it's sweet and it's sepia-toned and it doesn't have resonance um, for students seeing it today, but it's brand new for them every time. And that's why we have to keep bringing our best work to it and not sort of get too familiar with it after 21 years of producing it. Um, so we did just on the fun stat side, it served 300,000 students in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa since it first opened at Park Square. And it's now played for more performances at Park Square than it did on Broadway and has become the longest running single standalone production in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. We outpaced I Do, I Do at Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters a mm-hmm. long time ago. And so, yeah, so it's fun that that's, that's part of our mission, right? And it does set us up beautifully for these wonderful women we have in the studio with us today to talk about this project and their very current stories. I'd like you to just give a little intro and then we're going to go into the next segment. We'll mm-hmm. have to take a little break. But mm-hmm. set the stage for us as to um, how this got started and why it's important to you. Oh, I is it all right if I ask Sarah or Katie oh, sure. to talk about kind of the origin of this piece? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you. I know we have a, just a moment before the break, but uh, we were, uh, we're I'm with Ping Chong and Company, which is a theater company in New York City. We run a series of interview-based, community-specific uh, theater projects working with local community members to tell their own stories on stage, and that's known as the Undesirable Elements series. And uh, we were invited to Park Square Theater by Fordolino Legandino when he was there as the artistic director, uh, who introduced us to Katie Kaveng here in the Twin Cities to create an interview-specific piece working with local community members from the Hmong American community in the Twin Cities to tell their own stories on on stage, and that was the birth of Face to Face, which we're excited to be talking about in detail soon. And I'll leave it as a cliffhanger. Ooh, dun dun dun! Come back after a few short commercials <laughs> and learn more about Face to Face. I am so excited about being having the chance to interview these um, exciting and powerful and wonderful young women who are bringing the Hmong story to life. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey, Twin Cities, are you trying to move your side hustle to your main hustle? Having trouble leveling up your back office? Getting stuck on how to find investors so you can secure that bag? Then you need to come to Connect Up Summit Friday, March 13th, and Saturday, March 14th at Metro State in St. Paul. Connect Up is a two-day summit offering hands-on workshops and connects small businesses with each other, local investors, as well as other local and national resources in the Minnesota entrepreneur ecosystem. Connect Up sells out every year, so get your ticket today. Go to www.connectupmn.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. 
With the warmer weather coming, it's time to get that new Toyota vehicle you've wanted at Rudy Luther Toyota. Everyone loves the RAV4, and Rudy Luther has both the hot-selling 2020 RAV4 and the wildly popular RAV4 Hybrid. Both have inspiring design, intuitive technology, and smart style, and Rudy Luther has 250 available. And test drive the completely redesigned Highlander. Discover more quality for family time with the refined interior and the striking exterior. Stop by Rudy Luther Toyota today, five miles west of downtown Minneapolis on 394. Hi there. We're back on Connections Radio Show, and we're having fun today. We've got some great partners. Uh, my co-host, Michael Oh, good John morning, B- good morning. Good it's morning. Such a pleasure. We're, we're talking Park Square, and whenever we talk Park, Park Square, I get my great co-host, Michael John Peace, who's the executive director. I'm going to have us go around and introduce uh, ourselves. I've introduced myself. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. Uh, but I've got some great women here who are who have developed face to face Hmong Women's Experience. It's an interview based theater production. This is co written and co directed by Sarah Zatz, who's the associate director of Ping Chong and Company, and Twin Cities Theater artist Katie Ka Vang. And these are – it's going to be featuring five local Hmong community members and we have some of the community members with us today. It's told with humor, with heart, with courage and it addresses very complex issues such as the history and the arrival of the Hmong community in St. Paul, coming of age as a first generation and finding your own voice. So what I'm going to have um, us do is introduce ourselves and say just a little bit about beyond what I've just shared about who you are. And we'll start with Katie. Sure. Hi, it's Katie again. Um, Yeah, I'm a local theater person. Um, Co-wrote and co-directed this piece with Sarah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) All right, and Sarah? Good morning, and I want to add Happy Leap Day. Oh yes, exciting day. Yes, and of um, course we're we're leaping all over the place <laughs> in um, so many ways. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm not based in the Twin Cities. I am based in New York City with Ping Chong and Company. So I'm here as a guest uh, with Park Square with the Hmong community, and I feel really privileged to have this opportunity to with Katie. Uh, co-write and co-direct this production with our community members who are telling their own stories on stage. Hi again. My name is Peng Shong, and I am a cast member on this production. I am excited to hear more about the conversations that this will start, opening up doors to what is really out there to really deep deepen relationships and also dig more into it. Hello again. My name is Siddy, also a cast member. I'm just happy to be here today to engage in the conversations. And I am thrilled to be um, able to get to know you all and get to know about the play that you've written. I have a great love for the Hmong community. Years ago, I used to work with the American Cancer Society, and we did translations. And in, without it being a written language, it's a, the oral tradition has been very rich. And it was a moving and exciting experience for me to be able to connect back then with the Hmong community. And I'm very proud to see the next generation coming up. And so I have a special joy in, in hosting the show today. So with that, I'd love to hear about the process itself, things that you may have learned, uh, what you expected, what you didn't expect. So I'm just going to open it up to both the um, the directors and writer, uh, overall writer, um, to share. So it's Katie and Sarah that will be featured uh, in this segment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So my background is really performance art and uh, theater making. And so I kind of come from a um, less structured background. Um, I would say that going through the training, the Ping Chong and Company Summer Institute training and working with Sarah, I feel like I've learned um, a lot about structure uh, as far as like dramatic form goes. Also, I think the interview-based theater isn't something that I've done before. You know, I've always felt like, I think as Hmong people, we've always had people sort of told us, tell us stories and it can be inaccurate. And so I come from an aesthetic where I do solo shows and I kind of tell my own stories. So this is really interesting for me, um, I think politically as well as like, well, these people are telling their stories, you know, and, you know, and I've been in processes where, um, you know, like a non-Hmong person would come and like, let, let me help you tell your story. And then um, they kind of get the 
rights and credits and all this. And so I'm like, well, hmm, what happened? You know, yeah. but that really kind of put a fire in my belly to be like, well, actually, I can do it too. Right. It's a lot of work. But owning your own voice, right, 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 and right. not having be about you, it mm-hmm. is you, yeah. which I think is very mm-hmm. powerful. So, I mean, it's been incredible working with Sarah and this wonderful cast. You know, I think they've been so generous and like sharing their stories and and the cast. They're community members, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not necessarily actors that you. Uh, had audition. These are women in the community yeah. that you got to know and got and to know their they story. I can tell you. I think they mm-hmm. have you know background and like some kind of arts, you mm-hmm. know, and different forms of like performance or you know, but not necessarily acting. So you that's know, a, a key part of the process is that we're putting out a call to the community uh, for people to come and tell their stories. They don't have to have any acting experience, any performance experience. One of the ways that we um, invite people in is that it's a storytelling project. So everyone has the script in front of them for the entire performance. It's highly theatrical. It's highly professional. But when people think about performing, they get scared about memorizing lines. Mm-hmm. So telling people, don't worry, you don't need to memorize anything is one way that we invite communi- community members in. And I think one of the things, as Katie said, that makes it different from um, other kinds of documentary theater is that you know many interview-based shows, people go out into the communities and do interviews, but then it's actors that interpret those. So we have the actual people telling their own stories on stage, and it's a very collaborative process. Katie and I do the interviews. We interviewed about 18 people. We selected a cast of the five that are with us and we wrote this katie and i wrote the script together based on the interviews but then the first two weeks of rehearsal is a very detailed editing of the script making sure it was really authentic to people's voices making changes both for you know historical accuracy but also for uh, personal authenticity and making sure that people really felt comfortable because it is as you said very vulnerable it takes a lot of courage to get up in front of both total strangers but also people who know you really well and share these intimate stories so the most important thing is that the cast feels safe and secure to own their voices and to put their words out there in public in a way that feels empowering to them. Mm-hmm. Have you worked in the Hmong community before? No. So I should just specify I am not Hmong. I am a white girl from New York, um, from Maryland originally. And so part of you know our process with Ping Chong and Company is doing this kind of community-based work. It's really important to us that we're working in collaboration in the, on the artistic side with community members and artists who share the identities of the theme of the show. So that's why this partnership with Katie is so important. So it's not just me coming in as an outsider to the community, but working in partnership as well. And I'm just going to steal the last couple moments and talk to the actors here and ask them a question. When you heard about this opportunity, what was your first thought about this play that was being developed? Um, and, and this is City? Yes. Um, yeah, for me, I I really didn't know. I mean, I felt like I just kind of did it. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to get in, but I'm just going to go and tell my story. How did you hear about it? Um, at first, one of my friends actually forwarded it to me because he was also applying for it. Um, but then I actually just forgot about it. And then I actually came across Katie and then Katie reiterated to me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this must mean I have to do it or I feel <laughs> called to do it. Yeah. And so I just did it. And I really didn't expect to be part of the show or not be part of the show. I'm just like, I'll just see if I if I get in. Wonderful. And I did. And Peng? Yeah, so um, how I heard about this production was uh, a good friend of mine also forwarded um, the information to me. Um, shout out to Sunny. And when she forwarded it to me, I read it. I'm like, I'm so confused. What is an interview-based production? I've never seen this before. I've seen um, one person plays and seen a bunch of different kind of plays, but never seen an interview-based. So I was intrigued. Thankfully, um Sarah and Katie also had like info sessions to elaborate more about what this production will look like. And so I went to one of them to really learn more and see if this is something that is meant for me. And so I went through the process, applied. Um, and when I interviewed, I was I was very glad that I'm able to share my stories, even if it's just to two strangers and it doesn't get out to the public or to the community. But I said to myself, if it's meant to be, then it will be and it will work out. But I'm really glad that I was able to get casted. And we're glad as well, and we're glad you're here. 
And we'll be back after a short – these interviews go so quickly. I want to just keep talking, but I, I have to take a pause and do a commercial or two. But stay with us, and we'll learn more about the journey and the production coming up with Face to Face. And we'll look forward to having you join us on Connections Radio Show, show here on AM – not really big show. I went back to Ed Sullivan. <laughs> here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with I-44. Tonight, clouds increasing with a low around 31. Sunday will be sunny with I-44 and a low of 24. While Monday will be sunny with a high of 34 and a low around 24. EatLocalMinnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is Cafe Latte. Cafe Latte is a gourmet cafeteria with an ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soup. Plus, their bakery specializes in fresh breads and desserts. Check them out at the intersection of Victoria and Grand in St. Paul. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. We're so glad you're here today. We're talking Park Square Theater uh, and all the cool things that they do. And I've got my co-host, Michael John Peace, who is the executive director of Park Square. Good morning, but this is my favorite job as your occasional co-host. <laughs> it's the bonus jobs that are the best. <laughs> and we do have fun. For more information on all the cool things that Park Square does, I highly recommend going to parksquaretheater.org. Um, and today in particular, we're talking about face-to-face Hmong women's experience. It runs from March 5th through the 15th. And this is an interview-based theater. For those of you who have joined, who have been listening to us, you know that this is a very cool way of doing uh, theater. It's co-written based on interviews in the Hmong community. And we have Sarah Zatz, uh, who is the associate director also of Ping Chong uh, 
and Company, who is part of the writing team. And we've also got uh, Katie, Va- Katie Kavang, uh, who also co-wrote it. This is about the Hmong community. And it's a project that started back in April 2019. They had community info sessions. There was a call for participants, and it went through October. And these two wonderful women did interviews and culled out the pieces. The pieces that we will see on stage um, are their stories. And it addresses topics including mental health and depression, bullying, domestic and sexual violence, gender identity, beauty standards, and more. So it's a powerful play, and we're uh, excited to support this, excited to have a conversation about this, and we are encouraging everyone to come see it. Oh, for sure. I'd love to ask, and it could be to anyone, but um, particularly uh, to Pang and City, what's the most important aspect for you of sharing your stories or these stories now that they've kind of all become yours in a way as a group? And Pang and City are both uh, actors and community members uh, and help share their story and then bring, are bringing it to the stage. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I guess I can start here first. Um, to answer, uh, Michael John, your question, I think for me, um, the, an important aspect is for me to have courage because as an individual person, I'm very cautious of who I allow into my life and who I share my stories with and having this opportunity to really um, open up spaces and create an environment to really talk about these topics and say it's okay that, you know, we should not have this conversation be a hush-hush, but it needs to be talked about. And so it's just more on me on a personal level, having the courage to step out of my comfort zone to create that um, safe space and invite to a braver space to really allow community members to be themselves and it's okay. City? Yes, City here. Um, I think for me personally, something that's really important that an important aspect of just this show, I think it's sometimes when you as a person, me as a Hmong woman currently, you sometimes feel like you are not where you want to be and you, you just feel down about yourself sometimes but then actually going through this whole show and this process going to the rehearsals and continuously reading your experiences over and over and just reminding yourself reminding yourself like wow I remember I was in such a bad place and wasn't able to talk about these things but now I know that I can really own these stories and these experiences that I've been through and I'm doing it collectively with other women too and so I find that it's so healing to do this show, and it just reminds me that I have overcome a lot and I have triumphed a lot. Um, so that's like a personal, a personal thing, and just always reminding me that I'm I'm doing good. Um, and it's also really another per- important aspect is just being able to bring up specific issues that I feel like we don't really talk about in the Hmong community, and just being vulnerable and being open to talking about it and giving other people in our community to reflect on themselves too and to see and connect with our stories and hopefully they find reflection and healing through listening to us as well. So often refugees and the children of refugees feel like they live in two cultures. Did you experience that in creating this play of how do you um, reconcile the two cultures and living in two worlds, or was it a celebration of living in two worlds, or was it a focus really on the Hmong world? What, what would you say the experience brought to you? I'll let either one of you. <laughs> we'll go with Pam. Yeah. Um, I would say growing up, I uh, really struggled juggling both um, both worlds. I felt like I couldn't be my full self in these two worlds. And to explain what those worlds are, it's the American side and also the Hmong side when I'm at home with my family. We speak Hmong a lot. Um, and so it's, it was really hard um, growing up just to be able to distinguish the both. And making friends was also rough and tough because you know your your experiences and the way you you grow up is different from your friends or your peers and so just finding that connection was also uh, really difficult um, but as I got older I really was struggling with my self-identity like who am I 
And so I really, I went through college and lost myself for a bit. I couldn't figure out who I was anymore. I, I think it was because I lived myself too much in the American world that I lost the Hmong side of me. And so I took a couple, like a couple months, a couple of years to really find that part of me again, that culture side. And so I would say now that I'm um, a little bit older and graduated already, I'm able to really uh, uh, balance the both. And And create a blend for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like too, my professional life where I work and everything, it's a good a good step in the American world. And now I just got to keep a foot also in the Hmong side of me. And so I do that by dancing. Mm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And Sidi? Okay. Um, so can you reiterate what you were trying to it, say? Can you clarify? It, in um, Very often in the first generation mm-hmm. especially, you've got responsibilities mm-hmm. to sometimes being even the... Um, translator mm-hmm. and you live in two worlds mm-hmm. you live in as um as pang was saying in in the u.s american media oriented mm-hmm. world and then you also have your own community like your home where you may have traditions that are um special and separate mm-hmm. and how has this play in do you do you feel like you have been exploring the relationship of the two worlds mm-hmm. or have you focused really on the Hmong world and the, and your roots what mm-hmm. what has this experience allowed you to share in story yeah um yeah with this show i definitely feel like it talks about both mm-hmm. and i think it definitely definitely talks about the struggles that we have juggling both of the worlds mm-hmm. and also giving us a space to appreciate both sides of us as being Hmong and being American. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like this play does is able to touch on a lot of different parts of us just as a Hmong woman in whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I feel like it does touch both parts and individual individually too. Are there um, any parts where you speak in Hmong in the play? Definitely. Oh, that has to be in there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And just to hear the rhythm of the language and it, it, it sings, you know, I think it is a beautiful attribute to bring that yes. in and to celebrate it. It's a very poetic mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. very metaphoric, very beautiful, which I don't really know how to speak Hmong in such a beautiful way. I'm kind of like a Monglish person. <laughs> I love Monglish. But when I hear Hmong people speak it in such a metaphoric way, it's so beautiful. And there's some parts in the in the play where it I when I'm reading I'm like, wow, I sound so metaphoric speaking uh. in full Hmong. <laughs> uh. And and how do you two feel hearing the actors talk about their experience? I see you smiling and nodding and I, <laughs> I see some wonderful affirmation I'd love to share with the audience. Yeah, I mean I feel like it's very rewarding. Um, to be on this side, and I think, I think in our roles, for me, I was really trying to be intentional and um, intentional about creating a safe space where they can sort of like, you know, explore and feel comfortable. And you know, these things take time. So I think that theater kind of lends itself because there's a process, there's a rehearsal, and you're in a room together for like a long x amount of hours. You know, so I think that. Um, yeah, to see it come together, it's really rewarding. And I just, like, I'm so happy that, because my agenda is just to get Hmong, Hmong, more Hmong stories out there, you know, and so. I bet the, the decisions of which stories to share was difficult. That is always <laughs> difficult. You know, we we have five people in the show. The running time is about an hour 15 to hour 20. So if you do the math, you know, it, it ends up being about 10 minutes per person and that you can't possibly cover someone's whole life story in that amount of time. But we're also telling the collective story, you know, so these, some of the questions you were just asking are spoken to directly in the show about stories of starting middle school and finding out that you're the only Hmong person in your class or moving to the suburbs, leaving one sort of culturally specific area of East St. Paul and then suddenly being out in the suburbs. And what does that mean for your identity? So those are the kinds of stories that we were looking to include those questions of identity, belonging, uh, where do you fit in, how do you balance your own um, individual desires against the expectations of your family, especially as you know, first-generation Americans. So hearing the cast members speak to that balance is, is affirming that we're, you know, we're making those choices. And the cultural challenges, because there's cultural conflict as to some issues 
and and what you as an individual want to choose for yourself. Um, it, it may not always be an either or. It may be a third path of of figuring out what. How do I feel about this issue? And your parents may feel one way and your friends might feel another, but how do you, you know, grasp what you want? And I, I love the fact that that's being explored uh, because all women uh, grapple with that. And it's wonderful to see the cultural nuance and reality that, that you brave women are, are looking at and, and developing um, your, your own identity and your own leadership. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm wondering how important it, – so it, I'm sure it's been hugely important that it's become about among women's experiences. And is there a – and there's something so beautiful for all of us in the universality of your very specific stories, right? It's going to speak to everyone in the audience in such a different way. But is there something – when that opportunity as the interviews were coming about, it became, oh, this is going to be women's stories. Um, how did that – what joy did that create in you and what challenge actually – I think uh, for us, uh, for me as a theater maker, you know, you don't often have the experience to be in an all-women's room. Uh, so we have an all-women cast. We have an all-women creative team. We have a woman stage manager. And there is a comfort and um, sisterhood that comes with that. And so I think people have really appreciated the uh, the safety of that space, but also knowing that these stories are really important and valuable, not just to women. So, you know, to bring those stories out to the entire community, I think is essential too, but it has been a joyous um, creative process in that way. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, the, I, fortunately we're all super versatile. And so, um, on one hand we could talk about things that we couldn't, if there were other, if there were men in the room, um, but, you know, I think that we can't disregard that, you know, it would – there would be a different kind of nuance too if there was like mm-hmm. a male voice in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I love what we do, we're doing. You know, there's a space and I think sort of a a spirit that really resonates with me a lot and I think with everybody in the room. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited for Park Square. I'm excited for the Hmong community. I'm excited for each of you theater artists bringing this to life, and I'm looking forward to seeing the show. Uh, stay with us. And if uh, and before you we go to commercial, I want you to write down parksquaretheater.org or remember it. Um, go there. Read more about this. Get a ticket. This is an important show on so many different levels. And I am looking forward to being there, and I want to have you there too. So stay with us. We'll have one more segment. It just goes so fast when I've got such great artists. Um, And we'll be right back here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota on Connections Radio Show. I'm Peter Rackliffe from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out brunsonspub.com. Hey, Twin Cities, are you trying to move your side hustle to your main hustle? Having trouble leveling up your back office? Getting stuck on how to find investors so you can secure that bag? Then you need to come to Connect Up Summit Friday, March 13th, and Saturday, March 14th at Metro State in St. Paul. Connect Up is a two-day summit offering hands-on workshops and connects small businesses with each other, local investors, as well as other local and national resources in the Minnesota entrepreneur ecosystem. Connect Up sells out every year, so get your ticket today. Go to www.connectupmn.com. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. 
Don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and I've got Michael John Peace, my co-host. Oh, always a delight. He's the executive director of Park Square and always brings delightful guests and the joy of theater to our airwaves. So... Thank you, Michael John, for bringing such wonderful guests. Oh, it's been a fabulous conversation today. We need another hour, so just tell your producer that. Yes, we do. We do. You don't mind, do you, Eric, if we go another hour? (laughs) No, you guys earned it. (laughs) Good. Well, to just sum up, uh, the show coming up is a very moving, uh, authentic, uh, heart-filled piece written by and for and from the community, the Hmong community. And I want to encourage you all to get that on your calendar, March 5th through the 15th. Um, But we've also got some other things going on that I want you to share about. We do. We just put the season renewal announcement to our subscribers in the mail yesterday. I I may have one box in my car still that needs some stamps. Uh, But uh, we've got an exciting uh, six-show season with a great add-on that I'll tease you with. We're uh, partnering with Kata Dance for their Shamia of Equality piece, music by J.D. Steele, and amazing poetry. Um, So that'll be an opportunity in the season. But the show that we're doing that I'm going to um, drop on you, even though I'm not supposed to, is a co-production of the new musical Triangle with Ordway. And the musical is set in 1911, uh, right before the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, oh and in 2011, uh, in the new building that's on the same site. Oh and one of the things that was kind of coming up in that living in two worlds is in 1911, right, every immigrant culture to America has this experience of, like, this woman working in the with her sister in the factory and they're working to bring their father over who is a very observant but they're forced to work on the Jewish Sabbath on Saturday. So then each path they take, and one sister starts becoming more Americanized, and the other one is like, how do I sort of game this system mm-hmm. to be able to keep my cultural integrity and still get the resources that we need. So um, it, history, sweeping romance, um, uh, just great context. But that sort of, again, builds on what, it, what is that voice of living in different worlds. Yeah. And when are subscription sales beginning? Subscription sales are uh, beginning momentarily. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, we'll, we'll be doing renewals through the end of March and then new sales after that. But yes. I am super excited. I'm super excited that we'll be able to have some great guests as well on the show. And I'm right. looking forward to having them here as well as going to see the shows. They right. sound terrific. And I know that um, we want a final moment from the artists yes. in the studio. So what I will say as the other thing, as we're moving forward um, with uh, building a new cohort of artistic associates, um, we've had that model before as a way to sort of bring more voices to the table. Um, it's always richer when there's different perspectives, right? So um, we have our first three um, that we've we've gotten organically, and then we'll be doing an open call um, to the community for Artistic Associates. So Rick Shiomi, founder of Full Circle Theater and co-founder of Theater Moo, um, we'll have a project in next season that's uh, written and directed by Rick. Uh, Ellen Fenster, who directs our Diary of Anne Frank and is directed and advised around town, She's is a brilliant. great teacher, yes. Brilliant. And uh, Kim Vasquez, 
Lopez, who's just moved back to St. Paul, a native St. Paulite who's been uh, producing in London and New York and oh. Chicago for years, uh, and started the New York Musical Theater Festival that ran for 16 glorious years. So, again, very what different voices. I know. We're starting out right. Oh, so I'm very impressed. Yeah. Well, exciting times ahead. And coming up right around the corner on March 5th through the 15th is the face-to-face Hmong women's experiences that we've been talking about during the show. What I'm going to do is have each person introduce themselves one more time, what their role is, and why it's important for you to consider coming to see this show. So we'll start with Katie. Sure. So again, this is Katie Coving, co-writer, co-director of Face-to-Face Hmong Women's Perspective. I would say come out... Um, it is among American experience, but it's also an American and Minnesotan experience. So it's not that foreign. It's actually we are one of you. <laughs> so uh, come we out. We are community. Yeah, completely. And I think that a lot of the themes in here would resonate with almost everybody. Um, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so and come I, on down. Come see yeah. And for more information on it, uh, just I'll put this in here, parksquaretheater.org. Sarah. Thank you so much for having us here this morning. I'm Sarah Zatz. I'm the associate director of Ping Chong and Company in New York City. I'm here co-directing, co-writing Hmong, uh, face-to-face Hmong women's experiences with Katie at Park Square. And yes, to build on Katie's um, what Katie just said, I really think this is a show about um, what brings us together as a community. And in a very divisive moment in this country, I think it's so important to hear these stories and hear um, – how communities come together to support each other to get their voices out and to overcome um, obstacles. And so I think that this is something that can really be uh, inspiring for all members of the Twin Cities communities who could come in and participate. So I hope everyone will. Now more than ever. Pang, tell me why you want to have our audience come see your show. Yeah, um, again, Pang Zhang here, cast member of Face to Face, Hmong um, Women's Experience. And I would say why you should come to the show is because, you know, there's a lot of elements, and to kind of piggyback on what Katie and Sarah has been saying, um, there's humor, there's tears, there's laughter and joy, and on so many levels, you can relate so much. And... I'll just leave it at that. Come and enjoy. <laughs> and City, you'll get to wrap it up. All right. Hello, City here, one of the cast members. Um, reason why you should come see, it's fun. It's going to be heavy, but it's going to be light. And you're going to laugh with us and really enjoy the performance. So just come and watch, and we'll love to have you there. And I will love to be there, and I will love to have my audience come and see this show. Michael John. Well, and I haven't done a shout out yet for the fact that there are school matinees, um, that they are giving up time out of their workday to um, offer matinees for schools. And I think there's maybe 70 seats left for schools, but there's still a chance to get in. Um, What a delightful resonant experience for all of us. And I think that, again, it's time to connect. And it's a rare opportunity. It's a world premiere that's here for a moment. So Mm -hmm. make it a priority. Absolutely. And a shout out to Park Square Theater that for so long has dedicated themselves to creating the bridges in the community and celebrating the many cultures that represent our community and our threads together as a community. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you, Park Square. And thank you for your hard work in bringing face to face to the stage. Again, I so look forward to it. So we'll expect to see you there. (laughs) 